Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. This is the year, uh, we talked about this in January, this is the year of the Holy Spirit. So I say that uh, because we're just going to be learning more. He's going to teach us. The Bible says, let no one teach you except the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That means that just means that when you're in a service, when you're listening to a podcast, when you're reading a book, when you're reading your Bible, when you're worshiping, just trust that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. He's going to work through you. Uh, that's how great the Holy Spirit is. So we're, we're really, we're, we're just saying, Holy Spirit, we invite you into our lives in this place. Whatever happens in, in, in this church, outside this church, let it be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, so I pray that this message today uh, just speaks to you from the Holy Spirit to your spirit, gets into places where you need freedom. The Bible says um, it's the truth that sets us free, and the Holy Spirit leads us into truth. So putting those things out there right now, we're, we're, we're in a, a series called In Your Element, uh, finding your place and purpose in life. And I love how the Bible uh, says this in the message version. It says, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. And when everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. In your element, finding where you fit in, discovering a unique purpose and destiny, finding that sweet spot. Uh, I see this next great revival that many people are talking about and it's, it's in the Bible, we know that something great is going to happen prior to the second coming of Jesus. We, we just know that. We know that. Um, and I believe the next great revival is the next great reveal. It's the next great reveal. It's God calling people out of the dark places and into his marvelous light. Romans 8, 19 says this, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. So today, I call you out. I call your purpose out. I call your light out. I call your gifts out. I call your ministry out. I call your anointing out. I call you out. No more being afraid of the unknown and the uncomfortable. I call you out and into your element because when you're in your element, you're fulfilled, confident, happy, relaxed, content because you're doing something that you're called to do. So I call you out and into your purpose. So we've already set our sights for the last few weeks on the center of the bullseye of purpose. The center of the bullseye of purpose. This is purpose. And we've discussed the why. The why is so important because when people find their why, they find their way. And hopefully we've answered that to a great extent, speaking to your identity found in Jesus. That's so important. And when you know why you are here on this earth, I believe the general answer is to love God and love people. That's the general answer that we give to every single person born. We are to love God love people, we're to know Jesus and then give Jesus away to people, to have close relationship with him and then to display him, to share him to the people in our lives. But the next part of our purpose is this, how, how, how. 
This is what I want to talk about today and next week. How do I have relationship with God? How do I do my job? How do I impact people? How do I discover purpose? How meaning in what manner, in what way, with what attitude, from what source? And I say for this year, the source of the Holy Spirit. That's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to fulfill what God's called us to fulfill. See, purpose is a choice we make about how, say how, how we want to live our lives. Not only what we want to do, but how we want to live it. For example, I want to be happy. I want to be whole. I want to be kind and caring. I want to be free from anything that hinders me because I want to make a difference on this earth. Purpose is a choice we make about how we want to live our lives. And whatever you're doing right now, in this moment, those values, those beliefs, those attributes, your attitude will be foundational for your mission. So let me explain. We've been having these conversations with people, you know, throughout ministry, but recently even more, uh, someone, someone, uh, we we meet with someone and, and, and they need an answer. They need, they need to know what to do about a certain situation. And literally, they only have a few hours. Like, they have hours before they have to make a decision. And, and, we, and so, and so we, we realize that. Or maybe a few days in a few cases. But in this case, it was, it was a few hours. So we needed to know what to do. They needed to know what to do. They needed to make a decision. Anxiety was creeping in. So, so this, is what we, this is what we have learned to do is that when we're meeting with people, meeting with someone, we always want to bring them to Jesus because I only have a few answers. He's got all the answers. So the whole purpose is to bring people to experience, literally experience Jesus because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's right there in the midst. So he's with us, right? So, he's, but, so what we do is we, 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 have, we have them, hey, just close your eyes a moment as we're finishing this. We want to we wanna find out where Jesus is um, and we want to ask him for, for the answers of, that, that we need. But so many times when I'm praying to find out what needs to be done, the Holy Spirit kind of stops me saying, that's not, that's not what I want you to ask. And I'm finding out right now that Jesus isn't necessarily going to give me what to do or them what to do. He's actually answering the how. How he wants that person or me to be right now. What's the attitude, the manner that God wants me to have in this moment? So we pray for these these people and, and all of a sudden Jesus literally speaks to them, right? They're hearing him. And he says, hey, just relax. By the way, this is, this is all biblical. Just relax. Don't worry, right? He don't worry. Um, he would even lean back. You know, he would, he, he, he's giving a picture of peace, right? He's showing us and them not what to do, but how to be, how to be in this moment. He says, I need to teach you the how right now, and eventually I'll give you what? At just the right time. Listen, we all like it when God gives us the answer now, But I've said this before, we live in a microwave society, but we serve a crockpot God. He likes to simmer and wait 
and let us marinate. I've noticed that as humans, we have a hard time staying in neutral. We are built and wired to go and move to the what's. But what we do won't truly impact people for Jesus if we neglect the how, if we don't follow the Holy Spirit, if we don't love and forgive. What we do won't really matter in the end. Here's the proof. Look at this in 1 Corinthians 13. We've heard this many, many times, especially at weddings, but this part of it. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor, even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Paul is addressing the how. How we live our lives, how we treat others. See, the how of purpose is just as important as the why and what we do. But sometimes I want to bypass the how. I don't want to develop patience. I don't want to learn to love. I don't want to make the effort to forgive. I don't want to take time to marinate and listen. Because, and because of that, I can tend to rush into the what without the important attributes and attitude that will keep me there. And I like, this is the old saying, charisma will get you there or may get you there, but character will keep you there. Say it again, charisma may get you there, but character will keep you there. See, we all get excited when we discover the why of our purpose. But if we don't let patience have its perfect work, we will immediately rush into what we're called to do without the right mindset, without relying on the right source, and find ourselves arriving at the wrong time. There is no way that I could have pastored this church 20 years ago, and God knew it. So he had to develop me. He had to do some things in me to get me here 11 years ago. And I'm okay with it. I'm glad. Proverbs 20, 21 says this, if an inheritance is gained too early in life, it will not be blessed in the end. So we've established this. Purpose is not an invention, but a process of discovery. It's already in you. You just need to go find it and watch God deliver it because God delivers your destiny. This is something that needs to be said throughout our lives. God delivers your destiny. You don't have to create it. You don't have to push for that position. You don't have to compete for your purpose. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. The author, the author and the finisher, come on. The author and the finisher of your faith. And God will deliver your destiny. God will reveal it. The God prepared and God planned destiny. For Romans eleven thirty six. for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended, ooh, for his glory. All glory to him forever, Amen. Your destiny comes from God. You and I came from God. You and I are created in his image, formed by his very hands, loved by his very heart, and given a powerful and purpose, purposeful destiny to fulfill. 
But that destiny, here we go, is also determined by our partnership with God. Just got to get you to this moment. Our, say partnership. It's the word that God gave us before we even came here, Emily and I. Um, there had to be a, a walking together. How can two of you, you know, so, so we, we're, we're, we're always been pretty solid in our, in our walking together. Um, we're totally different. Don't, don't get me wrong. We, we've had our tiffs, right? We, we, have, we, have our, we have our times when we don't agree. But in general, we've linked arms. I've, I understand more and more not to compete with her, but to celebrate the gifts in her. Not to compete with those gifts, but to celebrate the things that she does better and for her to celebrate the things I do better. Which she is not sure yet, but that <laughs> I know I got some things in there. I got a better jump shot than you. Um, see, Destiny is determined by our partnership with God. That's right, partnership. We're not robots. God does not force our destiny on us. He loves us into discovering it. And he's looking for someone who will partner with him. In other words, destiny is where God's will meets man's free will. That's how purpose gets done. That's the how of purpose. Because everyone has a destiny, but not everyone walks in it. I'll tell you my own story. Before Jesus, I was fulfilling what I wanted. After Jesus, I started fulfilling what he always wanted. And I started taking as many opportunities that were before me. And here we are 28 years later and purpose and destiny continue to unfold. And that's what we need to know about destiny. It's got levels. It's not just one thing that you'll do. It's not just, you, listen, you're going to do a lot of things. You're going to do a lot of things going forward and a lot of things going sideways, right? You're, you're going you're gonna to fulfill levels of destiny in your journey. Remember, destiny can be denied. Destiny can be delayed. It's all biblical. I can show you characters in the Bible. But when we partner with God, destiny will be discovered and fulfilled. I love this verse. This is the verse I grew up on, started out with Matthew 6, It still holds true today. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. God delivers your destiny as you partner with him. Well, that's too easy. Many say, I would rather work for it. I would rather invent it. I would rather take credit for it. That's not how the kingdom works. Seek God, partner with God, and he'll deliver your destiny. So let's keep going. Let's keep developing the how. This is really important. The manner, the attitude of our purpose, our destiny, because the how is just as important as the what. So how does God deliver destiny in our lives in general? Here's a fact. God delivers destiny over time. This is so important. God delivers destiny over time. Go ahead and say it. God delivers you got it. Because you or I may not be ready to be king. We may not be ready for the next level. That's okay. That doesn't mean it won't happen, just not now. There must be a development of character. There must be a proving of loyalty. There must be a learning how to wait. Most of us would not give our brand new car to a seven-year-old to drive. 
Now, some of you got some seven-year-olds that probably could do it. I know, I get it. But we, we probably wouldn't do it. It's illegal, right? But we wouldn't do that. You could say it this way. God delivers our destiny as we grow in maturity. Come on, you know it. Come on. For those of us that have been around for a while, like how many lessons have we learned <laughs> right, the hard way? And we wish our kids would, 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 would listen. Sometimes they do. Most of the times they don't. They go, okay, go ahead. One of the first things I was asked to do from my pastor 28 years ago was to sit in the back of a little church during service and guard a door that went out the back. I guess little kids like to push it open, make a run for it. Some adults do that these days too. Listen, it never happened though. It never happened. I was back there. Those kids never came near that, that area. So I thought, I thought, I think that was a test. I really think that was my first test from God and the pastor of that church. Listen, I went from guarding a little door to guarding a large church. But that didn't happen overnight. God had to develop me over time. He had to develop more maturity and he had to develop a greater grit for what lied ahead. A greater grit for what lied ahead. Like the old saying, uneasy is just ahead for the one who wears the crown. I'm sorry if someone told you that when you gave your heart to Jesus, that it was going to be easy. I subconsciously thought that was going to happen. Oh, God's going to give me everything I need. Yes, he does. In the middle of many difficulties in life, I thought I'd be just floating on a cloud, playing a harp, watching all the unicorns go by. But it didn't happen that way. Because I found out that when I gave my heart to Jesus, I just made the front page of the Hell Herald. Next level, new devil. You can say it that way. And now I know that God was watching to see, right? He was watching me to see if I could be faithful in the small things first. Luke 16, 10. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with the greater responsibility. It's just basic God principle. So when wondering about your purpose, your calling, it's so important to know that God delivers destiny over time. That's how he does it. James says, let patience have its perfect work so that you'll be complete, lacking nothing. Listen, if I don't let Jesus develop the character, I will struggle with the journey. I understand this. You understand this. There are times that I think God is taking way too long. Is that just me? But I'm learning this. I'm learning that the gap between what I want and what God wants is usually called frustration. So, I will learn to close that gap of frustration by walking and waiting and trusting and knowing that God delivers destiny over time. And as I learn that and embrace that, that frustration gap narrows. I notice that when I start getting demanding with God, I start losing my devotion for God. God delivers destiny over time. I've noticed this. God delivers destiny from humility. 
from humility. From humility. If you ever want to hit the bullseye of life, let this word sink in as much as you can. Humble is the only way into the kingdom. This is how God does it. This is the prerequisite. It all starts with humble and ends with humble. Do you know that? Come on. Starts with no teeth, ends with no teeth. Diapers and then older diaper, right? Come on, it's all, we, we know it. Look at Jesus, our chief example. He came from heaven to earth to fulfill his destiny. We know why, to save us. But how? Humble. I say born in a cave to broken on a cross, humble to humble, Right? That's what he did. Jesus was God, and yet out of his great love for us, he chose to come to earth as a human, choose to obey God the Father to the point of dying an embarrassing and painful death on the cross for our sins. Paul wrote it this way, talking about how we walk in purpose. He says, have Philippians 2, 5, do not have the same Attitude, there's that word again, had the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Although he was born in the form of God and equal with God, he did not take advantage of this equality. Instead, he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, by becoming like other humans, by having a human appearance. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. And this is why God has given him an exceptional honor, the name of Honored above all other names. Come on. Humble. See, it's a nice idea to think you're doing what Jesus would do until you start to think about what Jesus actually did. Well, we can talk about humble all we want, but all of a sudden, then humble comes to your doorstep. And you're like, oh, I didn't know if I want to do that. Somebody reminded me that, 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 that Jesus, uh, before he died on the cross, one of the last things he did was wash someone's feet. Woo! Man. Humble. Humble. Bless your enemies. Pray for those who treat you unfairly. Turn the other cheek. Forgive over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. God delivers destiny from humility. That will never change. And we're almost done. God delivers destiny out of obscurity. Say obscurity. Because we never use that word very much. I just like the way it sounds. Obscurity. The state of being unknown. Please hear this. Inconspicuous, even unimportant. God reveals purpose or calling when you don't expect it and even when you weren't asking for it. I believe that it could be that there are too many Christians that want the spotlight and therefore can't really be a light because it's more about them than God. And I feel like, I feel like God's church is almost, almost being forced or led into obscurity to develop humility so that God could bring us to a place where, where, where he can shine. Does anybody hear that? See, whenever, whenever God's going to call someone, it's usually they don't expect it, and they weren't even asking for it. 
Joshua, David, Peter, John, Paul, Joseph, Ruth, Esther, Rahab, and Gideon. They weren't leaders that people would have chosen, but because of the attitude of their hearts, God chose them out of obscurity. I never asked to be pastor, and I never expected it. I gave my heart to Jesus, and I remember this. Clear as day, I just gave my heart to Jesus. I was, fell in love with God, and, and I was like really growing. I was reading God's word, and, and I wasn't even really plugged into a church. But I remember one day I was at Arnie's. Is Arnie's still around? Man, okay, there's some good sandwiches there. But anyways, good desserts, that's what they have. Um, but I'm sitting down there one day early on in my, in my, in my walk with Jesus, in the, in the, and I'm just reading my Bible because I'm like, this is what I do. And that's what I love to do. And all of a sudden, the waitress comes up, are you a pastor? And I said, I almost said, like, what's that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't know what that was. You know what God was doing? Speaking destiny into my life, and I didn't even know it. I wasn't expecting it. God just revealed it. Let's wind this down and look at that dude Gideon for a moment. Because I want to I show you how God pulls people out of obscurity. And I'm calling you out for God to pull you out of places that, that, that you didn't even think that God could take you from and take you to. Look at Gideon, how Gideon was called. Gideon was this guy who partnered with God to witness one of those miraculous, I call it beatdowns of the enemy. God used 300 Men, men of God to defeat 125,000 of the enemy. Look at those odds. All glory to God for that one. And it all started here in obscurity. Look at this, Judges 6, 11 through 12. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree in Oprah that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. Now that's odd because you usually stomp grapes in a wine press, so he was, he was like, they were way off. To keep from the Midianites. They were hiding, hiding their wheat. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. This is so important because God always speaks to us in the way he sees us. That's why we gotta be led by the Spirit because when you're led by the Spirit, God will tell you something about you that you didn't even know. And here he is hiding, and here he is this feeble man, and God says, and God says, hey, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But usually, in other words, in other words this God, when God looks at you, he calls you blameless, he calls you faultless, he calls you victorious, he calls you courageous. But this is usually our reply, verse 13. Pardon me? My Lord, pardon me? You're probably chuckling. Uh, but if the Lord is with us, why is all this bad stuff happening to us? Where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up here out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. I can't, I feel like this, this moment should just speak to us in the time that we're in right now. How the enemy just it seems like he's just ravaging the world, right? Just, just, and by the way, that's what we'll see if you read all the news, by the way. Don't, don't go there. Read, read the good news. But that's really also where we're in right now. We're in a place where it just seems like the enemy 
is having his way. That's why God's calling you out, right? Calling us out to be lights, to make a difference. That, that, that's what's happening right now. Verse 15, pardon me, Lord. <laughs> pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I'll be with you, and you'll strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Wow. One thing I've learned about God, he loves the underdog. So do I. So if they say you don't fit the part, you're a prime candidate for a God-sized mission. Because God still delivers destiny out of obscurity. And lastly, and this is what I had, a, I was trying to figure out how to end this. You always kind of want to end it, end it with this like fireworks. And there is fireworks here, but, but I want to show you that this is just the truth about your destiny. And how God delivers destiny. God delivers destiny from difficulty. Thousands and thousands of ministries, callings throughout the ages have been birthed from difficulty. Listen, your greatest ministry will come from your deepest pain. Your deepest wounds healed will reach the most people. Did you know that? That was a good woo. God delivers destiny from difficulty. Now we just read how Gideon was called out of obscurity, but, but look at this. Look at what was going on in his life at the time. Check this out. Judges 6, 1 through 10, I'm about to finish. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, you mean, you mean the Israelites were rebelled and walked away from God? Okay. And for seven years, God gave them in the hands of Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Wherever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and all the other ites invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the lands to ravage it. That sounds like the devil. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Here we go. This is how the whole thing changes. This, this, this whole story changes right there. Verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you, and I gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. There's a lot of difficulty happening. Our mind is going a lot of different places. Kind of like what I said last week, there are three types of pits in life. Pits we jump into, pits we fall into, and pits we're thrown into. This was a pit they just jumped into. By the way, have we all experienced all those three pits, right? Jump, fall, <laughs> thrown, we've all been there. But let me just say this as we finish. Whoever caused the pain, whoever caused the pit, or whatever the pit, God has a plan to reveal your purpose from it when you cry out to God.
I don't know what your difficulty is right now. I don't know what pit you might be in. But here's the truth. The enemy wants you to fold under this pressure. But God wants to give you his divine favor. Even though it's been difficult, even though it's been painful, God will open a door that no man can shut. God will give you a mission that no devil can stop. God will make a way when it seemed there was no way, a divine connection, some heavenly wisdom, a God-given purpose. The devil wanted to keep you in a pit, but God is going to bring you to a palace. Because God still delivers destiny out of difficulty. So in 2000, I don't even know what year it was, 2000 and something, five, is when, when I was diagnosed with cancer. And um, I was shocked. I was a young guy. I'm like, what's going on here? And you know some of that story. But, but the cool part of the story was, was, you know, listen, I'm, I believe in God. I, be, I believe God is the healer. Listen, I believe that God is the healer. I believe in healing. If you want me to pray for healing, I'll pray for you. But here's what I know. Healing is not the most important thing for, for God. The most important thing for God is our salvation for eternity and our faith in God on this earth. To grow that. That's real. That, that's, now, what's important? Yes, healing is important to him. Right? It is important to God. He loves us. Just like we love our kids. When, when, when they're not feeling well, we want them to feel well. Come on, right? But, but, but what's important to him is our faith growing, even in times of difficulty. So I'm diagnosed. And they're going to pump some radiation in me. That's how they get it done. Uh, and so... That was kind of a funny story, too. Um, as I remember, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, you know, tell me where to go, what to do. I have no idea what's going on. So I remember I go to this doctor's appointment, and, and, they're, and uh, that's when they're going to give me these, these radiation pills, you know, to you know, obliterate this stuff. And so I walk in. Nobody tells me anything. And uh, I walk in there, and, I, um, and, and, and the guy comes out like in a hazmat suit you know, gloves, and he's got this titanium, like, big old egg, and he unscrews it, and he takes these, these tweezers, and he pulls these two radiate pills of radiation out, you know, and I don't know what I'm, I'm just like, God, I'm just going to follow you, whatever, man, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trusting you, and so uh, pulls them out, and, and, he, and he goes, now take these, I'm like, okay, I take them, he goes, now get out of here right now, <laughs> go, because <laughs> apparently I'm going to be oozing with, with radiation, and so it was funny. He goes, and, and if you if you happen to throw up on your way in the car, call 911. <laughs> I'm like, my goodness, what's going on here? It was comical. So as I'm driving, okay, I'm driving. Now I have to go to a hotel because I'm supposed to isolate myself because I'm, I'm a, a walking, you know, whatever, green thing, you know, that's oozing, whatever, you know. They don't want me touching people. That's what they want. So anyways, so I got to find a hotel. I got a very limited budget. I'm in Grand Rapids looking for a place just to go and stay. And all of a sudden, I'm looking over to my left, and there's my dad. Now, I'm estranged at this moment with my dad. We, we haven't talked in many, many years. It's just a, it was just a, not a good thing in our family. Didn't have, really never had a relationship with him. Um, and so I look over, and there he is. I'm like, I never see him. And he goes, pull over. So we pull over in the parking lot at uh, near, near the Woodland Mall, and, and he goes, hey, man, what's up? I go, Hi. 
not much. He goes, you probably haven't heard, but I, I was diagnosed with cancer. And now I got to go find a hotel to um, isolate myself for a week. He goes, stay with me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, I don't really know you yet, but uh, it's awkward. But in that moment, I thought, you know what? I'm going to save 400 bucks. <laughs> no, no. I said, I said, you know, I felt the Lord say this. Yep, go, go. Now remember, I'm praying for supernatural healing. God doesn't bring it in that way. Now I know why. Brings it another way. So all of a sudden I go to his house and listen, every single night, I couldn't eat anything. All, all, I, could, all I could drink was shakes, you know, so he would go get a shake from McDonald's and he'd come in the room, it's all dark, and he would sit on a chair and I'm on my bed and all of a sudden he doesn't say anything, but he sits there. And all of a sudden, moments later, there's conversation and it always ended about Jesus. Always. My dad wasn't a, wasn't a believer, but it, but it always ended there. Night after night after night, for all those nights, we had these conversations about Jesus. I leave. I start building a relationship with my dad. Hadn't had it in years. Gradually. Well, my dad, because he smoked two packs a day, got throat cancer. Most horrible thing that I could ever see someone go through. And so day after day, I'm praying, Lord, bring healing into this life. God, bring healing. God, just, just bring healing. And um, he suffered. He suffered. And I now know what was happening in those dark rooms, those conversations, that I was just planting seeds. Because one day, weeks before my dad passed away, I went over to his house, and he said, Danny, yeah, come here. Come closer. Come closer. I'm like, okay. I get up to him, he goes, today, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I was shocked. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was trying so hard to get him saved. It wasn't going to come through me, which is fine. I was just planting. Now I know that God had a plan and a purpose that even in my difficulty, God delivered destiny. And my dad came to know Jesus. And he's living right now with Jesus, healed and whole. So if you think it's over, I tell you today, you've only just begun. You're only, he's only getting started. Let God deliver your destiny from a place of humility, out of obscurity, and even from your difficulty. That's how God does it. So today, I call you out. I call your purpose out. I call your light out. I call your gifts out. I call your ministry out. I call your anointing out. I call you out and into your element in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord, I pray over all of your precious people, God. These are your precious people, Lord God. Your precious people. You love your children so much that you gave us your one and only son so that we could be sitting here today believing in you and fulfilling the plan and purpose that you have for our lives. But I pray for next level. I pray, God, that if someone has thought that they couldn't do it, and I pray today, now they know they can do it with your help, God. And I pray for the person that thinks that they're too old, hogwash. 
hogwash. God can do more through you in a week that you could have thought he could never do in your whole life. I'm telling you right now in Jesus' name, I just call out destiny and purpose in this place. God, that every person that hears these words online or in this place, that now as they walk, they're going to be dreaming. They're going to be thinking, God, that there's a greater purpose and destiny for their lives to impact people for you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.